0: All right, everyone, I'm really excited. We're in season two. This is episode number six. This is our sixth learning from leaders. And we're gonna kick off this second season with my landlord, Philippe Pellerin of Pellerin Real Estate. And I don't know how a lot of people feel about their landlords. I know I was a little bit nervous at first having a landlord, but me and him now have an amazing relationship. Not only is he my landlord on two buildings, he's also a business partner of mine now and just learning from him has been awesome i hope you get some great lessons from this episode this episode is really about just understanding there's no right time to start a business if you've got a dream you got to go for it you got to figure shit out but only ever go for it if you have the passion to do whatever it takes to make that business successful if there's anything going to derail you anything going to knock you off course then it's not the right dream for you it's not the right business for you it's not the right passion project for you if you're not gonna willing to do whatever it takes to make this thing successful then you better find something else so enjoy leave me some comments feedback learning from leaders season two let's go well, how long have we known each other now three years it's At getting least, close I think I mean no it's right now pretty much right February now? 2019 is three years I would say is that right yeah wow since we were in the negotiations for the first space. And I remember that. God, you were a pain in the ass. It's true. Yeah, I really was. Because <laughs> when I look back on it now, I realize like... But I was a, it was a good learning experience for me from... I remember signing that first lease and being completely terrified of... I think I put a two-year break clause yeah. in there and Y'all. all kinds of stuff. And you're like, well, I've never heard of this, but all right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember <laughs> that. I remember thinking... That I could see the passion that you had. And I remember feeling like if you had the ability to stick with it as a you know short Englishman to go play pro basketball, (laughs) I was like, he's gonna be able to be successful running a gym. Right. You know, because he's not gonna he's not gonna quit. Yeah. Right? I knew that. And I I felt like the package of you and Lauren was a really strong package because I could see kind of the supporting elements of you two as partners with complementary skills and also with you know a set income Mm -hmm. I mean that was part of it too but I I just I saw in you guys that potential but Um, yeah I remember that because you know I think you guys had just shot your your uh, but it's amazing to think how
0: far how far like yeah because we just bought the house right and I don't know how we managed it but we we managed to sign a lease buy a house and we had all these credit cards luckily but if anybody would have seen them individually I don't think we would have got away with it you know because we put so much on our credit to be to go all in on on, on taking that well and that's what you have
1: to do I mean I think you've said it well in the past when I've heard you talking with other people is that if you give yourself like an option to fail you're gonna take it yeah you know, and it's like when you go all in, when you say, No, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna make this work no matter what, you don't have another choice. There is no plan B. It's like I'm I have a plan A, B and C for how I'm gonna make this work, but there is no other
0: Yeah option. It's interesting you brought up the fact that I was a basketball player from England five foot nine and that how five that foot eight or five foot nine. Almost 5'10", six <laughs> foot in a program. So, But it's interesting that you bring that up because that was the dream. The dream was to come to right. America and it doesn't even seem feasible with everything that I had going on, five foot nine from England, not super right. athletic. And then to then apply that into business, where, did, where would you say dreams have made an impact in your life and stuff like that? Well, you know, I think from the time I was a kid, man, I wanted
1: to be a real estate developer and I always envisioned myself as being an entrepreneur. I mean, I remember when I was like six or seven years old, writing a business plan in my grandparents' living room um, and, and dreaming about how exciting it was that the harder I worked, the more money I could make, the more success I could achieve. And so that was, um, you know, that was something that I think my parents and my grandparents instilled in me at a very young age. And I saw it in my uncle and and my folks. And, you know, it was just endemic in my family and, and their circle that everyone was an entrepreneur. And when I came out of college and I worked, I actually worked for my dad. But I was an employee, mm. right? I was not an entrepreneur. I was not taking real risk. And that really bothered me. Like, it really bothered me. And it bothered me even more because the company I was working at had my last name on it. <laughs> so, but no, so like what I was saying, man, is that it, it, it really bothered me that I, it wasn't really me. Mm. And so when the economy tanked, and you know my dad was like, "I'm out. you got you know you got a few months find a job or start a company. Um, you know I went on a you know a few job interviews with like McDonald's of all places and I just it sat so badly with me because I knew that if I went that route, which was, it was, you know, really enticing, man. You know, a, a good six-figure job with a big company, with lots of vacation, with, you know, a car and a phone and benefits and all this stuff. I had a one-year-old daughter, you know. My, my wife was working in the university setting, you know. I mean, it was like this, you know, 2010, this was like salvation. Yeah. Um, and I knew I couldn't let myself do that. And, and that was... You know, it was kind of a decision that came to me. I think I've told you this story before where I'm sitting there in like the fifth interview and the guy's like, do you want this job? And I was like, no, I don't
0: want this job. So it's 2010. It's 2010. Not, everything's gone. In terms of real estate, dude, that's companies.
1: I've, yeah, I've lost everything that I made. Our, yeah. our, the company You've got a one year old daughter. I've got a one year old daughter. And you live in, where do you live in here? Oh, I was living like four or five blocks from here on Ormond Street, okay. right around the corner from where you're at now. And so, Amanda, I'm 100 grand Amanda's, underwater on my house. Amanda's
0: kind of. Amanda's working you right at Georgia now. State University. Yep. I mean,
1: no, I still, at that point, I still had my job, but I mean, I'd taken a 50% pay cut. Hmm going into 2010, because, you know, there was no development. It wasn't a thing anymore. Yep. I mean, literally, it was like an existential crisis.
0: And then you're in the where, fifth interview with McDonald's. Yeah. And, and so like, what is this? This is down the final to, one. It's down
1: to me and one other guy. Okay. And I knew the other guy, and I yep. knew I could outperform him, <laughs> you know? and um, What was
0: the job for And What would you have been it doing? It would have
1: been uh, the area real estate manager. So okay. the way McDonald's is set up is that they have... Areas within a region that essentially oversee all their site selection and their construction, and you know, essentially where to put new stores and delivering yep. the new stores.
0: And so, with your background, it was perfect. I'd been building your future I mean, set. They,
1: they approached me. Your future's right? set here. Now. Yeah, McDonald's I mean, is not going anywhere. It no. doesn't matter what's going
0: on in the economy. No. So this is. Yeah, look solid. after your family. Rock one-year-old solid. daughter, wife working in a state school. Yeah. You've lost half of your money. Yep. So this is it. And, and yeah, and I, I and they say, do you want this job? Literally giving you the job. Right. And then what? I said, no, you said no. I said, I
1: do not want this job. And you have to job. tell you why. And his <laughs> jaw dropped. He was like, what do you mean? You don't want this
0: job. <laughs> and I was like, the job, some people in that room, in them interviews were dreaming of. Getting, right. Right. Yeah. And you're yeah. in there, it's you and somebody else. It's me
1: and and the, you know, director of real estate for McDonald's. I mean, he'd flown in from Illinois for this meeting. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I fucked up his whole day bringing him down. And you looked him, right. said, looked him in the eyes. And, no. job, I looked him in the eyes. this job. And he it. said, what do you mean you don't want the job? <laughs> and I said, well, I belong out there <laughs> developing. Yeah. You know, I'll, I could be developing for you, I didn't, but I belong I didn't out dream there of developing, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think part of what really turned me off in that setting was that, um, you know, they they talk about, like, essentially indoctrinating you into their culture in such a strong way. You know, and I'm not disparaging McDonald's. They're obviously a hugely successful yeah. company, yeah. Um, you know, but they McDonaldize you. and mm-hmm. I didn't want to be McDonaldized. Because of what? Then it goes back to the idea that, you know, it's, I wanted, I, I'm not a corporate guy. I wanted to be out there on my own. And I mean, literally it was in that minute that I was like, when he asked me that question, I was like, fuck no, I don't want to come work here because I'm going to go start my own business. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my head, that's, that's what it was. And I came home that night and, you know, a man and my wife was like, so how'd it go? And, and I told her the story and she was concerned. Mm-hmm. very concerned because she was like what are you what are you gonna do logically like, i'm gonna right. start my own company doing what real estate development are you kidding me This it like 2010 it's 2010 yeah. like, what are you talking about i was 25 yeah. years old um we had no money i mean literally like i think to our names we had maybe eight thousand dollars and uh you know, I was like, well, I've got a few more months where I'm going to be working with my dad and I'm going to start figuring it out. And, you know, that April, so that was probably like, I don't know, November of, of 2010 or something like that. And April 2011, it started
0: Pellerin Real Estate. And it's amazing that it went through that. When we look back at that, because we look now is 2018. So 2019. 2019. 19, 18, 19 years since that happened. Uh, eight. I mean, eight sorry, eight or, it was yeah. 10, eight or nine years since right. that happened. Right. So people would look now and be like, what a great decision. Look at what's and happened. In
1: hindsight, it's 2020. Right. But, you know, the benefit that we have now looking back at that is that we know what happened. Right. And like what was happening then was that nobody knew what was happening because everything in the market was
0: so anomalous. But I also mean, that time. Yeah. 2010, when you're in that position, you're in that situation, you got a one-year-old child. You're in debt. You're under... Your house is 100 grand under your... 100 grand underwater. Underwater, yeah. underwater oh, your yeah. mortgage. That is not... Everybody would look at that from the out. Most people would look at it from the out, Saying, this is not a time to dream, Philippe. Right. It's not a time for your fucking dreams. You little... I want oh, I want to be a developer. Do it later. This is not do it. Do it. it when the timing's better. Yeah. Do it when everything's wait, more Wait. Wait until the economy. Yeah. yeah. Wait for well, I'll this. tell you. I
1: mean, one of the scariest things that happened after that... I'll never forget this experience either. Was so I st- I went you know full time or whatever you call it you know I went out on my own April 2011 and like I remember that f- I think it was my second pay period I didn't have enough money to pay myself but I had to pay myself so I had to go to my wife and ask her if I could borrow a couple thousand dollars from our savings account to pay our bills that month and you know again we only had like eight thousand dollars <laughs> right. so it was like Twenty five percent of our um, cash to keep my dream going. Yeah, for me. And she was like, I mean, we can't do this for very long. And yeah. I was like, I'm keenly aware of that, right. you know, and and I never had to do it again, you know, and that's what's cool about that, too, because Man. I knew what I was able to bring in. And I mean, I just knew and, and, you know, I don't talk about this a lot, but I knew I would do whatever it took to make it. I mean, it was during that time, I'm not even kidding, I was taking my lawnmower to neighbor's houses and mowing lawns, you know, for neighbors for 35 or 40 bucks. I mean, that's like, that's how tight it was. And
0: so, you know, and, that's and the reality. So I, of the that was the reality uh, of the situation. It was like, everybody I got to but, but like we talked about perception and reality. reality. Everyone looks now. That was in the grand scheme of everything. That was eight nine years ago. Right. That's not a long time. It's not a long time to go time. from people look and be like, Philippe, you know, he has all this stuff at 33, 34, 34 now, thirty four. Yeah. He must have had. He must have been given trust right. fund. Yeah, it all I came hear from that, that. that all, all. Oh, the for time. sure, one hundred percent. That's gotta Could be, be farther initial. from yeah. the truth. And now you're driving yeah. a BMW, and you got, yeah. and you get to do nice things with your life. You get to come in and do big projects. Yeah. But Nine years ago, you were cutting grass for $30 fucking dollars.
1: Yeah. Because it you, was humbling. Because you wanted the dream, though.
0: <laughs> you could have gone to McDonald's. It was not. Right. You made yeah. that decision that, yeah. no, I'm not. Yeah. McDonald's is not going to be on the front of my building. Mm-mm. On the front of my building is going to be Pellerin. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be my Pellerin, not my dad's Pellerin. Right. And so people don't understand that reality. They just see the final product. When you see an athlete yeah. performing on court, you see Kobe Bryant. Man, he's so talented. Right. Right? It's not.
1: Well, yeah, people, and, you know, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before we started filming, which was, you know, perceptions and reality are two separate things. And, you know, I think it's important as an entrepreneur, you know, I I saw something the other day that says, like, success is being able to move from failure to failure without losing motivation. Mm -hmm. Right? And there's nobody out there that's going to keep you motivated if you can't get over the fact that you're going to fail over mm-hmm. and over again um, and still need to pick yourself up and keep going and keep going with confidence. Um, you know, and I, th- I think that uh, you know, I was going to go somewhere else with that, but you know, what we were talking about was that perception versus reality. And a lot of people perceive me one way because in their mind, they imagine what the reality must have been in order for me to have ended up where I'm at.
0: It's it's and easier then, to perceive, that. right?
1: And then they have a perception about what it's like to be where I'm at in my career. I mean, dude, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I'm extremely small potatoes when it comes to real estate development, mm-hmm. and I'm still trying to grow. Yeah, you know, it's it's um, going from 2011 to 2014. You know, I was doing deals for other people. I was still, you know, yeah, I was working for myself, but I was, I was creating all the value that I create now for myself for others. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that centered around nonprofits. So that felt really good, right? And it gave me the ability to develop my own track record on my own, which I knew would be important. And it also gave me the opportunity to make good money with lower risk. Mm-hmm. Still risky, but at lower risk. And in 2014, I started doing it on my own, and and, I mean, dude, I remember when I did that first project, and I was taking out a $400,000 loan, and I was like, wow, I'm going to sign on that myself, and man, if this goes sour, I'm ruined, right? you know? I'm not even going to admit how many tens of millions I owe now, you know? But I mean, it's like, like, wow, to, to put that in context and say, okay, you know, that's the level that I was at then, and then... You know. Then the next project I did was a five hundred thousand dollar loan with a little bit more cash, and then the next project that I did, you know, was a seven hundred thousand dollar loan, and then I remember when I did that first million dollar loan, you know, and then it was like, and it just kept growing and growing till you know the it got into the what's now you know eight figures are are most of the deals that I look at, Um, and so to
0: go from it's all a matter though when you were. You would do, you were cutting grass for $35. 35 Your, bucks. your neighbors, you yeah. have it in the back of your car and you're cutting grass.
1: I would put my lawnmower in the back of my BMW X3. There was... <laughs> you and had, go cut well, their The yards. reason
0: you turned down McDonald's and you were willing to do that, and you say it's yeah. humbling, is be, because of that, you knew what the end goal was. You had that right. bigger dream, right? So it was... I'm not cutting grass because I'm a landscaper. No. I'm cutting grass. In fact, it made me mad. Because I'm a developer. Yeah, And I think with...
1: I'm going to do whatever I got to do to do that. Right. I mean, it's, you know, and it's it's the same, you do what you got to do to make it, you know, as a means to an end, you do what you got to do to make sure that no matter what, it's going to work out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm grateful that I didn't have to do that too much, but I remember it making me very mad. That, you know I had a master's degree and I had all this experience and I had all this drive and ambition and expertise and ability and I was cutting grass and it was just a real like awakening of like no I've got to make sure that I'm getting um, that I'm giving myself the opportunity to work
0: in the way that I can deploy my skills best dude is is there a part of you that thinks the economy happening like that and everything that happened with you being basically forced to find another job is the best thing that could have happened to you now looking back oh
1: yeah absolutely I mean I think if the economy hadn't tanked you know I, I, I don't think that um, you know I don't know that my dad would have decided to retire and I don't know if I would have you know, taking you know the the leap mm. to go do it on my own. I think I would have probably just risen in his organization and eventually replaced them. But then it still, you know, would have been a much longer process. I mean, in this business in real estate development, you don't make a name for yourself and you don't um, grow unless it's you taking the risk, unless it's your vision, unless it's you know you making those decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only way that you can make it big in this business is to be willing to do that. And, you know, I see a lot of people coming into it now that I don't think that they understand that. Okay. And, you know, I is think, that because
0: it's been good for the last nine years? Well, or?
1: I think what happens is people think that because the last nine years have been, you know, a very steady, stable march upward with mm-hmm. values going up and capital getting mm-hmm. looser and all of that, people perceive it as very easy. And so they underestimate the challenge of what it takes to actually be successful doing it. It's very easy to be successful in real estate right now. Right. Um, You know, the key, and I think what the last cycle taught me was that you can make money in every single market and you can be successful in every single market, but you have to be nimble and versatile enough to seize the opportunities that are existing in the market. Um, and then you also have to be comfortable with the risk tolerances that are going to, that are going to take shape in those markets. I mean, right now, I think right now is the riskiest time to get into real estate, Okay, you know, and it's better than it's probably ever been. Um, and the reason I think it's risky is because it has not just that it's been good for so long, but it's so good right now that there's, you know, eventually there is going to be a correction Mm -hmm. and I don't know when it's going to be, but things are so hyperinflated right now today um, that, and people think it's so easy because it has been Mm. that I think a lot of bad decisions are being made. And I think that's going to play out over the next, you know, probably three to five years where we'll see the adjustments in the market that want to bring it back to equilibrium. The biggest thing that I'm seeing today in the market is a disparity between what the tenants, the businesses that come into our properties and that are in any, any commercial property in Atlanta, what they're selling versus what they're asking to pay in rent. Mm. And I think what that means is that the businesses themselves have to be adapting to that new normal um, and making sure that they can seize those customers that are now there that haven't historically been there to grow their business around that and to make it really stable. That's one of the things I love about your ability to create this community uh, within the gym because that's the kind of culture and atmosphere that allows a business to succeed regardless of what's happening in mm-hmm. the economy. Um, and that's you know what I think is going to have to happen for a lot of these other businesses that are opening now is that they have to find a way to build a customer base who's going to be loyal to them no right. matter what. Yep. Um, and, you know, and, and to decide what's essential to them versus what's discretionary and when they need to pull back and when they perceive they need to pull back their spending, mm-hmm. what they're going to be willing to pull back from, yep. you know? And so that's, that's where I, really watch people now is you know we're, we're focused on like the remaining vacancies at the beacon or anywhere else that we're leasing Being really
0: selective on it well
1: not being really yeah i mean yes obviously being really selective but it goes deeper than that it's really looking at what is an essential thing that yeah. people need right yeah. and and
0: you or know what I, are they buying because there's just a a lot of wealth in the system right now when I got
1: lucky right when I came to Atlanta and to East Atlanta and I started doing my own deals and really in 2014 there wasn't much here mm. right there were a lot of people there wasn't much in the way of services so most of our tenant base is catering to services and what would have historically been a retail location Yeah. Um, but I mean if you look across all of our tenants I mean we have about a hundred tenants none of them sell anything literally I mean, we have a couple of folks across the street at the Beacon who might sell a little product, but it's such an experiential product that the product is almost secondary to what they're the really selling. Yeah. Right? Which is the experience, mm-hmm. which is the mission, which is yep. the humanitarian thing. Um, so, you know, that that's a major structural shift yeah. in something.
0: So you, so you, your dream was to get to here right now, where you're at now. No, I
1: don't think my dream's done, man. I think my dream, you know, is to keep growing. I don't, I, you know, I think for me it's it's about, you know, I think now, today, my dream is to keep what I've got going but to continue to grow myself so that I think I can realize, you know, not so that I think, so that I can realize my full potential. Mm-hmm. And I think that the beacon you know, the beacon was kind of a big level up for me to go from, you know, doing historically one to $5 million projects to doing, you know, what's turning out to be an almost $30 million project. I think for me, the next iteration is to master going vertical. Okay. Right. And I think, um, you know, I've had mixed feelings over the last two years in doing the beacon about how much I wanted to grow or what I wanted to do, and you know, I think in the thick of it, right when it was like all doom and gloom and the projects just kicking my ass, mm-hmm. and you know, things, uh, perception being that a lot of things were like not cracking my way when in reality I was just only focused on the things that weren't going right, the way yeah. I wanted them to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now that I think I'm getting my head above the treetops a little bit and the beacon is is stabilizing and you know getting to the point where um, you know in the business we say like put to bed it's like it's kind of like my my major involvement in it is is becoming unnecessary Mm -hmm. because it's starting to to be its own organism that's going to grow and flourish and and adapt and reinvent itself on its own without me having to tinker with it. Now I'm feeling a little bit of that sense of relief, like I can go focus on the next version of the beacon. And so, you know, what that means, I mean, I was looking at a project last month that, you know, had the potential to be a $200 million project. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was out this morning driving something that has the potential to be a... You know, $35 million project, yeah. you know, and, and so it's, it's, so for me, it's, I think it's important with my personality type to stay active yeah. and to make sure, you know, I'm happiest when I'm busy. I'm happiest when I'm helping other people. Mm. Um, and I'm happiest when I perceive that I'm adding value so you know that what that means in my business i feel like a, a lot of times i'm helping to deliver a certain product or service to my community i mean that's ultimately what peller and real estate when i founded it and i was like i need a mission
0: statement what's my mission yeah. it was i want to develop the community that i want to live in yeah okay we, we'll come back to that, what does that mean? that's really interesting yeah. but i want to go back to what you said about my dream now is to realize my potential mm-hmm. what that means because I remember me and you, the first few conversations we had when the gym was just getting going, I was fo- and you get focused on, like you said, what's going wrong or what's going on right now. What I was focused on was I got to make rent, right? That's mm-hmm. my step number one. Right. And you get to that spot, and then you're like, okay, what's next? And I kept asking you the same question over and over. Every time we met for lunch, I was like, I'm watching what you're doing. When is enough enough? Because I'm watching you and where you're at now that'd probably be enough for me. But then, as I've kept going, I've got the gym open and it's running really well. Okay, what's next? And then I got a second location open and then Oxworks opening, and then when I get them open, I know I'm going to look and go, what's next? And I always kept thinking, oh, it's got to be enough, but I think I'm the same kind of person. The reason I chose basketball, the reason I pursued it so much is because it wasn't about getting to the final thing. It was about how good can I get at this? And so yeah. it just keeps going. So you'll get the so you get the two hundred million dollar deal. That's set. will it before. Because it's that's what it seems like there's a personality type that comes into this, that it's not about, okay, I'm I'm fine now. It's but let me push myself to see if I'm capable of more. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think
1: that is a really, you know, I don't, I think one of the reasons I struggled with that question where you're like, well, what's Mm. the point? Where are you going? What is this? Is that I don't have any limit placed on myself and I don't have a specific trajectory that I'm trying to, oh, I'm going to get here and then it's going to be good enough. You know, I think the way that I look at it is at 34 years old, I'm going to be doing this. For another 30 or 40 or maybe even 50 years. Not because I have to, but because I love it. And that's the great right? thing
0: is this was the dream. Right. When you were a kid, you were drawing this up. Right. So if you were making, if you were back where you were and you were just making enough to survive, it's enough. Because right. that might be your potential. The fact that you can do more is you and it's still the same. Because well, right? you enjoy the
1: work. I think you hit on something really good there because it's it's... For me, that's my dream, right? And like, there are people in the world that their dreams have nothing to do with what they do for a living, Mm. right? And so, for them, a job like what we were talking about for me at McDonald's is perfect because their priorities are more centered on family or religion or some other personal endeavor that's got nothing to do with, you know, anything else. Mm. I mean, I, I race with a guy who, you know, he's got a long-term steady career job. He's not a particularly good racer. He's in amazing shape, you know? And for him, it's like his, his goal in life is like the camaraderie and the technical stuff. And he's got and, his dream going. And, doing, and yeah. being fit and, you know, being a part of community and being, you know, an organizer of that community. And that's it,
0: yeah. he doesn't need to. But then you have someone in that same group that their dream was to be a race car driver
1: right and so, some of those guys go on to be race car drivers I mean I, you so know, they there's...
0: create a business yeah. to get them to that dream a different way right For me, I wanted to be a professional athlete right I want my schedule no matter what my business is to look like to be where I live like a professional athlete still I still train twice a day right. I still you know I still compete right. in different competitions I have to be I have to be good at sports right. because that's what I wanted yeah. You know, and I want to be a coach. I've always coached people and that's, so whatever business I have, I want to be mm-hmm. coaching and I want to be able to train when I want and live a lifestyle where I compete. So no matter what's next for you, it, you're living your dream every yeah, day. Yeah, I think so. So it's just, where's it gonna go? I kept it's, asking you, yeah. you don't know. I don't know, because I mean, it's just it my the potential. Limit. Yeah. I There'll mean, be a point where it might max out and you might say, this is me, I don't want to take that next step. Well, and right? I think
1: for me what it's going to boil down to, and I think this is this is the deal in real estate, is it becomes a matter of risk tolerance, right? I mean, at, at a certain point, I imagine that, you know, I will be making decisions based on whether or not I can accept the risk. And depending on the project, depending on a, a number of factors, there are going to be different ways to manage that risk. Um, but I mean, I think for me right now, that is the point. It's just what can I come up with? What can I dream up? And you know that what that really requires more than anything is for me to free my time up, yeah. Because it you know creativity happens, you know sometimes when you're busy, sometimes when you're not, sometimes when you're out driving, sometimes you know. when you're on vacation, and it pops yeah. up right, yeah. yeah.
0: So yeah, I
1: mean you know, and and sometimes it comes out of the blue. I'm I'm excited right now because. I've really started to feel a lot lately like I did right before I found and kind of created the beacon, mm-hmm. right? And so like, that's really exciting for me because I know it's coming. Right. I don't know where you it's coming where the project's from or what it looks be, like yeah. or where it's going to be. But you've got the time and the energy now. But I've got more of the time and I've got the yeah. energy. Because the other things that. are not
0: taking yeah. that energy away. Yeah. yeah, And that's the way I feel onto the next project too. Mm-hmm. Um if, if you, if somebody came in here right now and they said, I have a business idea, what do I need to do? What is the, if you could only give them one thing, what would you, what would be the major piece of advice? Or what step would you take? Say like, they have to take some massive action to make this thing happen. For you, it was kind of losing your job and having that.
1: Well, I mean, I think, you know, that's a tough question to answer because there's a number of things that could be right for that person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think depending on people's station in life, they do have to approach things differently. Yep. I want to put it in the context of having a kid. Mm. Right? You and I were talking we talked about, about that this yep. recently, and it's like, you know, I was 25 years old when my daughter was born. It was just before Pellerin Real Estate came into being, and um, it wasn't a good time, per yep. se, to have a kid you know we were going through a lot of economic turmoil in the world and in our personal life um you know we were just married we were like not really ready for it and but we did it yeah right and everything i've done in my you know and we were talking about this like when do you have time to have it? well it's not about that you just do it and you make the time and you make it work and you know i think that I think that is a more, um, that's probably, if you're really serious about starting a business, the The fact of the matter is, if you're ever saying, well, I just haven't had time to do this yet, it means you're not ready, right? right? And so, like, for some people, it might be, well, okay, you're already an expert in the field, so I'm not going to tell you to go research it, yep. you've been working in it for 20 years, yep. you know everything there is to know about XYZ Acme business, yep. because you're already doing it. What are you waiting for to execute it? Do you need to find money? You know, I was talking with somebody recently about that. It's like they have the perfect business plan and they've got the space and they've got, you know, the bank loan to fund it and they've got this and they've got everything that they need to, to start this million dollar business. And the only thing the guy didn't have was like a hundred grand that he had to raise in cash. And I'm like, how do you have all this and you can't, well, I don't have the network for it. Really? Why not? Cause if you didn't have the network before, why haven't you found it? Right. If that's the one thing. If that's the one thing that's stopping you from realizing your dream. Yep. You've already you've got five or six hundred grand from the bank. You've put your life savings of a couple hundred into it. You've done this. You've done that. You've done this. You've done that. You've got everything ready to go, and you're ready to give up on it over like a hundred
0: grand because you can't find somebody then it was never going to be successful anyway. Are you kidding but me? But it was never cuz like I mean, we've talked like, about times when you had to find millions of dollars.
1: But yeah, this guy has <laughs> been, you know, spinning his wheels for 2 years to get this thing off the ground and then at the last minute. The last 100 grand. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's that's all it took. Yeah. To get you to give up. Yeah. On everything you've ever wanted. You're that close and when you and I are talking about it, and I'm trying to coach you through this and your last statement to me is, I can't do it. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, it blows my mind. Like when I you know, so it's never the what, right time. So that so another good thing that I think I would tell people is you gotta humble yourself and be willing to ask for help. Hmm. Right? Because one thing I've seen, because I have a lot of friends who I've seen their trajectory and their successes and I'm like blown away by what they've been able to do. When I look at all those different people in my life that have been doing that, what 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 do I see in all of them? They call me constantly to just pick my brain. Hmm. Hey, what do you think about this? I'm trying to do this. What would you do? Bah, 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 bah. They might not be taking my advice. But i assume they're not just calling me they're calling me yeah. and 10 or 15 or 20 other they don't people think they have to just be on an island right because yeah. you're not yeah so if you've got a question about how to do something call people and done. ask them yeah. until you find them yeah you know you need to raise a hundred grand for your business we'll start going to a bunch of networking things call <laughs> your banker see if they know anybody who's interested in investing See who they, you know, call some CPAs and see if they have any clients who are looking to invest in it. Like, you go out there and you figure it out. And how do you figure it out? You talk to people who are doing what you want to do. So don't be afraid to ask them for help, dude. I mean, you know this for a fact about me. I don't even know how many people you've sent my way who are interested in starting a business or want to get into commercial real estate or want to get into residential real estate or want to make... Just a life change and they're yeah. trying to figure something out. I give freely of my time to anybody who wants to talk about that stuff because it's a way A, it's a way for me to give back. B, there's probably an opportunity somewhere in there for me at mm-hmm. some point. I don't know when it is, it might be thirty years from now, but they're yeah. gonna that person's gonna remember that conversation, yeah. right? I'm probably gonna learn something. Right. I'm gonna learn from them or I'm gonna they're gonna ask me something that's gonna make me think about something a different way and I'm gonna learn about it. So it's a mutually beneficial thing mm. for somebody who's trying to get something off the ground to go talk to people. Yeah. That's what I did. I still do it. I still run into stuff constantly And instead of thinking, what do I do? I think, who do I think I know that might have dealt with something like this? Let me call them and just see what they would do. And then even if I call them and they go, man, that's a tough one. I don't know what to do. They usually say, but you should call this person, right? And so it's like you create this network of support that allows you to find the information from people who know better than you do. Mm. And so, I mean, that's, that's really what it all boils down to. Find somebody else who's gone through it or gone through something similar to it or has some expertise that's somehow related to it. And somehow, in all of that, you'll figure it out. You know? And, I mean, that's, that's what it boils down
0: to. Yeah. I mean, our relationship's come a long way in three years. Yeah, from man. when we first started. I mean, this was the only building that I knew of that right. you were working on. And you I know you had a couple up the street, and then now, everything that's going on, it's, who knows where we're going to be in another three years, so...
1: Well, you know, when I think about it, man, I mean, you know, five years ago, I was probably under contract to buy my first building, right? And you came into my life at a really exciting time because... It was a year of major growth for me, mm-hmm. um, which was really exciting and it was terrifying. I think now you know what I'm trying to do is tap that same energy because I feel like I feel ready for it. Mm. You know, and I think just like you're doing with taking on a second gym location and the and the ox work is. You know there's a point in going through that process where you don't feel like you're making gains anymore mm. you know and i think that's what i was talking about earlier when i kept going back kind of to take perception. a little step back
0: a lot to go forward right yeah,
1: you had well and i mean you know it's kind of like if you're doing some kind of endurance right like you're if you're trying to train for an endurance run or an endurance row which i've been doing it's like you get in the middle of it and you feel like you're going backwards right why can't i get this Freaking counter, the split time under two thirty—that's yeah. terrible. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're twenty thousand meters in. Give right. yourself a break. Yeah, you're yeah. still going. You're still moving right? forward. You're still moving forward, and you know I think um, that's something that every pro- dude, every project I've ever been on since I started my own company, I thought was going to ruin me. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Like, that's not
0: a joke. And the next one could be the one. (laughs) The the
1: first house that I did, I'm actually selling it now. The first house that I bought on my own in 2011 that I made into a rental. I mean, I, I ran out of money, I had to lock myself in that house, I finished the tile, I finished the countertops, I finished the painting, I hung the light fixtures. I had no money to do it, so I was just like, locked myself in the house for like six days, literally, sleeping bags, six days, told the wife and kids I'd be home in a week, and I went in there, and that's all I did for like 18 hours a day was finish this house. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I got through it, and I got it rented, and then like a month after I got it rented, I bought two more houses, and then I got halfway through those, and I was like pulling my hair out, and I was like, why did I do that? I had it done and it was done. Yeah. And then I went and got two more, right? And so then and I had to do it. And that's the way to you do think about better. this, too, right? Well, like, and so, I got the beacon and done, literally, and So literally, like- I was crying. I'm not, and I'm not, I don't mean that figuratively. <laughs> I was crying because I was out of money again. I didn't know how I was going to finish these two houses. I had to get them rented. I had mortgage payments due. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, I ruined myself. I had a good. One house going that I bought for eighteen grand and renovated for twenty, and it was rented for nine hundred bucks a month. I was like, I did. Why did I screw it up by doing two more? Yeah. But then you know what? I cried a little bit. I got down on myself a little bit, and then I took a few deep breaths, and I was like, I can do this. And then I got myself together, and I got them done. And then you know what I did the next month? Bought four more houses. <laughs>
0: and, and you're in the one. same position and again. I got in the
1: same position, and then I bought a shopping center and I got to the end of that fucking shopping center and I was in such a bad mood because we were out of money and we were late and it wasn't what I wanted and I still needed tenants to come into it, I'm pulling my hair out, you know, and I'm afraid that I'm going to have to do a cash call or, you know, I'm going to have to find somebody to lend me more money to get the, and then you know what? I fucking got it done, and I went and bought another one. And I swear (laughs) to God, I swear to God, I'm in the middle of doing that one. And I was like, holy, why did I, I had all these great houses, they're leased, and they're done. And then I did this one shopping center, and it was done, and it was easy. And then I had to go buy another one. Why did I buy another one? And Mm -hmm. then I got that one done. And then it was around that time
0: that (laughs) that I realized
1: I've gone through this like a hundred times now. 'Cause it was like that with all the houses, mm. it was like that with all the commercials. and so now it's like I get to that I you know that's where I've been for a little while with the beacon.
0: Yeah. Where it's like and what's changed oh my God. what do you think has changed now? When you get in that, do you realize you're You know you're there. You know you're no. just in it. Nothing's changed. My perception's changed. Yeah. But you that's with, what I mean, I, so you yeah. know you're there. You know like it's supposed to feel like this. Right. It's like when you're in the middle of a workout right. now, like you said. Right. It's supposed to hurt now. Yeah. Just keep running. You just keep going. And you'll get to the finish line. And
1: you know what? Sometimes you got to slow down a little bit. Just don't stop.
0: Just don't stop. I like that. Just don't stop. Yeah. No
1: matter what. Even if you're... Just do fucking You stop. know, it's like when I see people out running, man, and I can tell that you can tell when someone's been just, running for a while. Just don't quit. Yeah. Just don't <laughs> quit. But you know you know what I'm telling you? When you see somebody out running and you can tell they're on a long run. Yeah. And that they hit the wall like... A mile or two ago, and they're practically walking, but they're still acting like they're running. But they're practically walking because they're going so slow. They're doing it right because they're still moving. Mm. They didn't stop. They didn't, they didn't give up. Yep. They're not even walking. Be they want? They're they're. I'm jogging. I don't care if I'm jogging at two miles an hour. I'm doing it like I'm doing it, mm. and I think that. I mean, that kind of perseverance is what it takes to make it in this world if you're going to own your own That's business. That's the route you want to go. Because yeah. there is no other option. Period. So end of story. The That's the end of
0: it. Just find a way and keep moving You forward. just
1: keep getting up. You keep putting one foot in front of the other. And, you know, when you run out of stuff to do, you find something else to do.
0: I love it. Yeah, man. That's a perfect place to end. Perfect. But we got to do it again. We'll do it again, man. Yeah. Boom. Hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Please, please, please leave me some comments. Write me a review. Five stars would be awesome. If you're not going to leave five stars, don't worry about the review. Go on with your day. Enjoy yourself. But always remember, when somebody asks you what you do, always answer whatever it takes. See you next time.